When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX Feedback Podcast, right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I'm your mayor of PHNX. This is my vice mayor, your thunder stick, the one and only Jesse Friedman. And boy, did we have a scare out at Salt River Fields today. Spring training games are supposed to be fun, Jesse. Christian Walker getting hit in the hand, not so fun. I don't like that. Not fun. That's not, it's not fun at all. It caused us to go into a whole spiral of what what would we do next? What happens next? And things didn't look great uh, when we went into the clubhouse to talk to Christian Walker about it, at least in the moment, just because uh, they declined comment and you know we didn't really hear anything prior to the end of the game about you know his status or uh, how the imaging came back in regards to his hand. Yeah, so I guess we should say on the front end, uh, not bury the lead here. Christian Walker, it appears, is fine. Uh, he has a right-hand contusion. That's what the Diamondbacks are calling it. X-rays were negative. It seems like they dodged a bullet here. Everything is okay. But yes, when we were at Chase Field, there were many reasons to believe that this was not uh, trending in a positive direction for the Diamondbacks. After the game, You know, usually Tori Lovello comes up to the podium and speaks within about... I don't know, maybe five, 10 minutes after these spring training games end. You guys just kind of want to get out of there. Um, and uh, he did not come within five or 10 minutes today. He did not come within 15 or 20 minutes today. Uh, we were all just waiting at the podium. And eventually, uh, the Diamondbacks told us that Tory would not be made available after the game. And Jeff Bannister came out and spoke instead. And he said that he did not have an update on Christian Walker. And... You know, I don't want to read, I would never want to read too much into a situation like that. It's not like those things don't happen from time to time and mean nothing. But you can right. kind of put two and two together. Like Christian Walker is a really important player for the Diamondbacks. Uh, you know, if, if God forbid, some, some sort of significant injury had popped up, that would feel like the kind of thing that could cause Tori Lovello to, you know, need to have some meetings or whatnot after the game and yeah. kind of be figuring things out. Right. Uh, but yes, fortunately for the Diamondbacks, it looks like everything is, is going to be okay here. Well, and chances are that imaging and such was going on during that time period, like you said, that, that we were discussing or that we uh, were waiting. Uh, and then Bannister came out. There was no updates uh, from Danny at all on, on Christian Walker. But we are hearing now that the x-rays were negative. It is a contusion, and that is all very, very good for the Arizona Diamondbacks because Christian Walker, as you know, is such a huge part of this team, and the Diamondbacks have depth, you know, uh, around the around the infield. But I mean, there isn't really someone that can step into the role and play first base nearly as well as the Diamondbacks gold glove first baseman and Walker. Yeah, we were all asking in the press box, like, uh, can Jock Peterson play first base? He played like a few innings there last Probably year. Paven, right? Yeah, I think Paven Smith, is, Paven. Paven Smith would be the kind of by the book answer for sure. Yeah. I don't um, think Tristan English is really... I don't think they'd be ready for yeah, it. Yeah, probably yet. probably not Tristan English. Not I don't think Ivan Melendez either. Uh, yeah, it most likely would have been Paven Smith coming in and, and getting a decent chunk of playing time uh, alongside maybe Emmanuel Rivera, uh, kind of splitting time at third base and first base. That would, uh, that would sort of open the door for him to, yeah. to make the team, maybe make that a little bit more likely than it was before. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't seem like we really have to have this conversation. Christian Walker who is an enormous part of this Diamondbacks team is is it looks like going to be okay and I remember this last year too this is a this is a spring training thing uh remember last year Gabby Moreno got, got hit, hit by a pitch uh, yeah. I think there were maybe multiple occasions of that Carson Kelly Carson Kelly of course that one did not end quite as well that's not um, what I want to talk about yeah no, that, that wound up one. being a forearm fracture yeah. that was a bigger deal but yeah there was a similar instance with Gabby Moreno last year where he took 95 or something in on the hands and you just you never want to see that especially in these games that don't matter and you know guys are only playing like every other day and for a few innings so you you feel like you should be able to 
able to avoid these kind of things, but they just they just seem to always pop up this time of year. It's the reason why, like, obviously, just like the pitchers, players, position players, they have to ramp up, right? They have to go from, yeah. you know, again, that's why we were talking about them doing the, the most basic fundamental drills in camp to the point of them playing in these games, even though they're not playing for very long in most scenarios, right? Uh, and, and the reason why is, like Tori said, he doesn't really need to see these guys, and they don't really need a lot of playing time as far as you know securing their position or anything like that he wants to see the younger guys he wants to see the guys battling for the position you know we had brian nelson starting today who absolutely shoved uh until anytime jung hu lee was at the plate but that's a whole <laughs> other thing we'll get into here shortly um i think though that when it it really comes down to it the diamondbacks do have you know like there's there's some instances where like they have some weaknesses and, and it can be exposed really quickly when it comes to, you know, an injury occurring like this to one of the guys. Yeah. They don't have a lot of depth at that position. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things we've we've applauded about this Diamondbacks team is that they do have depth. I think in, in a lot of different places they're they are in better position to withstand injuries than they've been in a very long time. But there are still certain guys that you just can't you just cannot replace. Right. Right. And Christian Walker is certainly one of them. They don't have anyone who plays first base, uh, you know, defensively or offensively who can bring what Christian Walker does. And, you know, there are certainly other guys on that list as well. Right. When Gabby Moreno went down with injury last year he's another guy who's really really hard for this team to replace and you know no matter how good your depth is i don't think any major league team is built to withstand the full gamut of like you know any single player that goes down with injury we've got it we've got someone ready to step up who's almost as valuable that's just not realistic and you know the d-backs do have their areas where they're a little more vulnerable and and first base is certainly one of them well and and my point i was getting around to there especially during spring training is it does feel when an injury like this happens like why is Christian Walker out there? Why are these guys? Yeah, you know, yeah. And and we <laughs> just talked start about, the regular season yeah, already. Yeah, this is get, dumb. Let's get onto it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but Major League Baseball requires that the Diamondbacks have a certain number of representatives start each spring training game, right? So it's not even like it's an option for yeah. Tori Lavolo. Not to say he would even do that, but it's not even an option. Major League Baseball requires you to put those guys out there during spring. So you know, it's just like anything, like. You, you you could get injured not even playing the sport. You could get injured at home in some way. It just it does make spring training games feel a little unnecessary, especially when they're you know the the Christian Walker isn't playing for anything other than just trying to get himself ready for the regular season, right? Meanwhile, yeah. Ryan Nelson, like I said earlier, is absolutely playing for something, and he continues to make the front office's decision very difficult. Tori Lavallo's decision very difficult when it comes to that fifth spot in the starting rotation because he has been very, very good, and he continued to be very, very good today against the Giants. He really did. Yeah, Ryan Nelson, man, just pitching pitching the heck out of throwing the crud out of the baseball, uh, as Tori Lovello said about Corbin Martin the other day. Uh, yeah, I mean, he got 10 whiffs in this game, nine of those on a four-seam fastball that was especially electric in this game. That's kind of always been Ryan Nelson's best pitch, but it was it was really, really good today. Um yeah, 10, 10 whiffs total in this game, as I said, five strikeouts, getting a lot of swing and miss, continuing to show that uh, he's a different, uh, he at least looks like a different pitcher so far in spring training, a guy who's more capable of getting swing and miss than he has been in the past. And that's a really, really big thing for him. Like that's more than anything else what Ryan Nelson needs to do. Uh, also thought it was interesting he threw only a handful of changeups and curveballs today, but both of those pitches appear to be uh, significantly uh, higher from a velo standpoint than they were last year. His curveball today averaged around 80 miles an hour. Last year it was in the mid 70s. His changeup uh, also up a couple of ticks uh, velocity wise, and that kind of seems to be a trend. It seems like just about every Diamondbacks pitcher is trying to. Uh, make their out pitches look more like their fastballs. And a lot of times doing that is to actually add velo uh, to to those secondary pitches. Uh, we're also seeing that with Slade Ciccone and him trying to trying to add some velo to his slider. I guess we'll we'll see him tomorrow in Goodyear. But yeah, another another really good outing for Ryan Nelson. Um, the grandson of the wind, aka Young Hu Lee, is going to be a problem in the NL West, Jesse, because I was talking to some of the Giants reporters and they say they have already feel like what they're seeing out of this guy is the real deal. What we saw out of him today very much appeared to be the real deal. And if things don't change, he is going to be on the Giants for a long time to come. 
He's just going to be one of those guys. So it's like the Dodgers, you know, for years to come. We're just we're just going to have to come to hate some of these very excellent baseball players that play for for our rivals in the NL West. Yeah, I mean, he signed a six year contract, yeah, so he's going to be he's going to be with the Giants for a while for oh. sure. Uh, and that was not necessarily a very popular move. I mean, a lot of people looked at that dollar figure and were like, "You gave him twice as much as like the industry experts were expecting." Interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still spring training. We'll have to see it in the regular season. But he certainly looked the part today. A couple of really really hard hit balls against Ryan Nelson. One of them went over the fence, and uh, Ryan Nelson didn't. I mean, you don't really go into spring training with like scouting reports on guys you're not really trying to like pitch to their weaknesses and whatnot as much as you would in the regular season Uh, screw your scouting Um, reports we go on field and spring yeah right uh but yeah ryan nelson had loads of success against everyone in the giants lineup except for uh except for literally literally yeah both hits and the run were because one one run one run two hits and they were both because of like uh here's what ryan nelson had to say about facing him i didn't have a scouting report what did you know about him nothing I, I know now he's a pretty good hitter. <laughs> Were you able to make any other takeaways from the two, two matches against him? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll definitely try not to throw him a 2-1 fastball down the middle. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, stuff like that. He's like good hitter against uh, a pretty lazy fastball. It's probably going to happen. So. I mean, what he said there is not. I love that. Untrue. I love that answer. <laughs> like, he, it's not, right? But uh, producer here, Faj, tonight, we got Faj on the ones and twos. I don't like his verbiage. I don't like his verbiage either. We agree on this. I don't You like, don't like Ryan Nelson saying that? I don't like him saying that. And I mean, maybe it's honesty, right? Maybe this is the problem, like with Anthony Rendon and his comments. Maybe we just can't accept honesty sometimes. But it very much feels like a guy who's in competition shouldn't openly be admitting that he threw a lazy fastball. But I mean, when he's so good the rest of the day, I guess it doesn't really matter. And then you are saying like, <laughs> that's the reason why, you know, yeah. it. like, I mean, when just, he says lazy fastball though, he's not saying like, like, like he didn't like try hard when he threw it. Right yeah. It's like he grooved one at yeah. like 82 was, down the it was, middle. It was or a something. two one count and he threw a fastball. You he's know, saying right it was a bad side. pitch. Yeah. He's saying that it was Talk a bad pitch. Talk me off the ledge, Jesse Friedman. He's just, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think this is complicated. He's saying, I mean, he was asked, <laughs> "What are your takeaways from facing Jung Hu Lee?" And his takeaway was like, "Yeah, if I throw him a fastball right down the middle, he's probably going to do something with it." And you know, these Giants reporters are in there, you know, just trying to get any like little Jung Hu Lee nugget that they could yeah, possibly they really get. Were. And Ryan Nelson was like, "No, I'm not going to give you that. I'm going to tell you that <laughs> I threw the worst pitch of my life, and Jung Hu Lee simply took advantage of it." Uh, and he, before that, he did say that Jung Hu Lee's a, a good hit. Or he, you know, he still gave him his props. But yeah, I agree with Ryan Nelson. It was a pretty terrible pitch, and it is a pitch that he probably wouldn't want to throw to anyone. Groundhog yeah. Mama agrees with Derek and I. Yeah, lazy fastball is not a good visual. Uh, that was but, maybe a poor choice of words, but I think we all understand yeah, yeah, yeah. what uh yeah. what he means by it's that. It's fine. Keep 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 capping for him, Jesse. It's all right. <laughs> no. Uh no, I mean it's just it's because obviously. <laughs> It feels, and, and this was the point we, we were kind of getting to earlier, it feels like Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry are so close right now. And obviously Tommy Henry, based on the results, has a little bit of an edge, but not much. You know, it doesn't feel like enough. There, there's. It's not like Ryan Nelson has been bad enough to say like Tommy Henry has some sort of big advantage here. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, again, these these guys are, are making it difficult on, on the front office because they both have been very, very good for this team this spring so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I continue what I said yesterday, and then I, I think Tommy Henry's going to kind of have to uh, like if he continues to if yeah if yeah. he continues to pitch well I think the spot is probably his yeah. the spot is his to lose is kind of the way that I'm viewing it uh, you know if we look at their their stats so far through two spring training outings we have that Jacob. Um, there, I mean, both have been absolutely phenomenal, right? I mean, Ryan Nelson, five innings, one hit, uh, four combined hits and walks, 10 strikeouts versus Tommy Henry, five innings, no runs, two combined hits and walks with four strikeouts. You know, there's more swing and miss with Ryan Nelson. He's allowed one more run. But yeah, I mean, the point is Tommy Henry's been really good. And as long as Tommy Henry is really good, I think the spot is, is probably his. Seth Harper in the chat says Nelson has a scouting report on Lee now. Yes, he does. Yes, and yes. he has learned not to throw fastballs right Correct. down the middle. That's, That's what he's the learned main so far. Takeaway <laughs> that he took away from that experience. Uh, Christian Walker, not the only Diamondback player that is injured currently. Uh, A. Eugenio Suarez was scratched. 
from today's lineup. Tori Lovello said he had left side tightness in his day-to-day. Uh, no imaging was required or anything like that. Just kind of some body soreness, it sounds like. Yeah, weren't you saying you had some left side tightness the other the other day yeah, too? Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's what happens. Man. Let me tell you. One day you wake up and there's that left side tightness, and sometimes it just doesn't ever go away. Uh, yeah, this is this is interesting. I mean, Tori said that they haven't they hadn't done any imaging, at least not as of uh, his pregame interview, and it didn't really sound like they were planning to do imaging. He's just day to day at this point. Uh, so yeah, we'll continue to monitor the situation. Uh, certainly, his. His health is is important for this team, yes. but it doesn't sound like anything big right now. All of this just reminds me of how, for any team, and this isn't something specific to the Diamondbacks. I mean, maybe the maybe the Dodgers are just deep enough; they don't have to worry about this shit. But like, it does feel like any team is just a few injuries away from it completely changing their dynamic. It depends on who those injuries are to, and and how major of a yeah. piece they are for the team, but. You know, in in just having these two guys, the corners of the infield, you know, potentially missing some time or or just thinking about them missing some time during the regular season really leaves you in a position wondering where do where does Tori Lavallo turn to fill in those gaps, fill in those holes? Like you said, that's where guys some of that that depth that might even become minor league depth will yeah. be critical for this team because they need some of those guys that helped them last year during the regular season, like. Like, uh, you know, uh, Emmanuel Rivera, uh, they, they'll need them. They'll need them at some point. It's inevitable because, you know, it's it's hard to keep a yeah. team healthy throughout the entire season. Uh, Jock Peterson missed some time because uh, him and his wife had a child. They so had a child. Congratulations to uh, to our boy Jock. Welcome, uh, the, the newest member of the Arizona Diamondbacks family. You there, know, you right? there you uh, go. And, and him and Gabby can bond over being being new dads. I saw him uh, commenting on Gabby. Gabby had liked some pictures just looking extra swagalicious on uh, Instagram. <laughs> and then the first comment right there is Jock just talking about, uh, talking about Gabby looking swaggy. Okay. I pitched this this morning. Let's I don't hear. know how feasible it is. How do we get Lourdes and Gabby in here to have their own podcast? Oh, like without us? Like, yeah. like, non- like in Spanish, like in, speaking in Spanish? it would yes. be absolutely Fully electric. <laughs> Do you think they'd be on board? Yeah, the, I Gabby just, I and Lourdes, this is for you. I don't, I don't, I don't know how we can arrange that. I feel like we here. would need a facilitator of some kind, right? Can we get Alex in here too? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna, to I'm interpret. Gonna have to start doing Duolingo. Yeah, you one of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Have, just, I mean, just those two. Oh, okay. I don't want you guys on the show. No, I know. No, we're just saying to like uh, facilitate, me. like to. I hear to that make, every episode. Happen, There's at least yeah. one person. You're gonna tell me that those two guys are gonna sit in a room and need a facilitator? No, no. Yeah, that's yeah. probably. That's can we probably can we add Corbin to that dynamic though? Does Corbin speak fluent Spanish? No, and that's what's hilarious. And that's what would make it really interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, chat. Would you? Would you? Like, <laughs> do we watch that show? Like, I yes. am. I am all on board. I am 100% on board with watching a reality show about this Arizona Diamondbacks team in any way, by the way. I don't care if it's in here. I don't care if it's one that follows them around. I need more footage of this team because it feels like there's all sorts of funny and weird things. Jock Peterson is going to be an absolute delight this year, uh, at least for me. I like just seeing him in his pink hoodie on his uh, hoverboard. On the Zoom boy, the hoverboard. I was like, oh, yeah. I love this guy. I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, uh, another show that we could start is uh, Jesse Friedman um, um, predicting the future. Predicting the future, Sayer. <laughs> I don't know because this man over here, uh, he doesn't stop working, and sometimes that involves him going back in time and telling himself something like this. This is a tweet from Jesse from May 25th, 2019. At which he exclaimed, I swear it's going to be 2025 and Pablo Sandoval will still be batting cleanup for the San Francisco Giants. Well, guess what happened today? I was wrong. I was technically wrong. Yeah, a year <laughs> early. It's only 2024, <laughs> which still doesn't close the book on this. Yeah, it's still really have to see what Could happens next, next year. year. Could be back. Uh, but yeah, Pablo Sandoval hit fifth. For the yeah. Giants today, yeah. and uh, did not look. I was not a, an especially he looks great. compelling. He's lost a ton yeah, of weight. He, man. Looked, he visually, looks visually, yes, he's he looks to be in better shape now than he was back in the day. But I think I I think I would take 2012 Pablo Sandoval at the plate over over what I saw today. 
Uh, Seth Harper says, need a D-backs hard knocks. He also said, I hope Jock had a girl and named her Pearl. Oh. It was a boy. It was oh, a boy. It was a boy. I, I don't know the name, but it was yeah. a boy. Uh, yeah. Groundhog Mama says, it's his fourth baby. Wow. So yeah. got a, he's got, got a whole family. Got a whole family over there. What? Imagine that. Uh, I, I can't because I just had one child to watch while I was on the cruise, and that alone was enough. Uh, for me to have panic attacks at time. Uh, I will say, though, that Jesse does know the future, and he refuses to give me the lottery numbers, which that doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> uh, we thank you guys, of course, for being here in the PHN Exports YouTube channel. If you have not subscribed to the channel yet, do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever our show goes live. Uh, of course, we love when you drop that like. We appreciate that. If you're a listener on the audio podcasting side, we appreciate you being here as well. We love our listeners. Uh, make sure to leave us a review and make sure you're subscribed on your favorite audio podcasting app. Uh, also, Big shout out to Samburos, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but Samburos has Pollo Fundido. And their Pollo Fundido is amazing. It is just amazing. And uh, for the price that you can get it at Samburos, there's no reason for you to go to one of those expensive uh, restaurants. None, none, none at all. You can go to Samburos, you can sit down, have a nice sit-down meal. You can get it to go through their drive-thru. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can get wonderful Sonoran-style time-tested recipes from our friends at Samburos. Uh, and of course, they can also cater your events. So make sure, no matter where you are in the valley, from, from here all the way up to Flagstaff, you're never far from their delicious time-tested Sonoran-style recipes, lovingly prepared since 1986. So come check out their newest locations. There's one up by me at I-17 and Joe Max. You can also check the one out in Goodyear, uh, where Jesse is spending a lot of time oh. lately. Uh, and two, two trips to Goodyear in three days yeah. is too, too, too trips, much. too many. Can we get Jesse on the team bus at least? I, mean, yeah, I, I feel on. like that's the only fair. <laughs> he lives right across the street from Salt River Fields. But uh, of course, uh, let some bros cater your next meal, big or small. Order online or find one near you by visiting someburrows.com. Uh, also, I stopped by Circle K on my way over here. It was a quick, easy fill up on my uh, on, on a very chaotic, very a lot of traffic out there. Uh, but I still was able to stop in, get some snacks, fuel up before the show, get some gas in my car so I don't have to stop on the way home. And that's because Circle Ks are everywhere in the valley. No matter where you are, there's a Circle K near you. And right now, if you join their Inner Circle program for free by downloading the Circle K app today, you can save 25 cents off per gallon on your first five Phillips and save three cents off per gallon every day after that. And again, it does stack with their other discounts and rewards uh, like their easy pay option. So make sure Save as much as you can on this gas because it's expensive out there, folks. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. Jesse, you know what time it is. It's not Tuesday, but I wasn't here on Tuesday. And usually on Tuesday, uh, we tier rank on Tuesday. It's tier rank. It's tacos, as in, I think we did that on ranking. one Tuesday yeah, like care. several weeks ago. But it is Thursday <laughs> and that does start with a T. And so that qualifies us to do a little tier ranking today. And we are going to tier rank one of my least favorite things in the whole wide world, which is anything about fantasy baseball. Uh, Why don't you course, like fantasy baseball? I do not like fantasy baseball. I've said that on this show multiple times. It's probably not a great thing for a host of a baseball podcast to admit. It is because, Jesse... I have other things in life that I like to do. I have other interests. I have, you know, I like pro wrestling. I, I like the Phoenix Suns. I like spending time with my daughter. And you know what I don't have time for? Fantasy baseball. Because if I play fantasy baseball, I don't have time for all that other stuff. You know, my entire life yeah. becomes all about fantasy baseball. Uh, and that is because... Uh, I am a psychopath when it comes to playing fantasy sports. Uh, I won our fantasy football league, and that is because I am relentless when it comes to uh, how – if you guys have no idea how much I look over the numbers for this show. That pales in comparison to the amount of times I check the free agent waiver wire during the fantasy football season. So uh, – <laughs> To say, I, to say I obsess would be an understatement, and that's why it lands me into a lot of trouble with my wife. But we did decide that we should at least give you as much information as we could for you if you enjoy fantasy baseball. I know this one over here likes it very much. Uh, on which Diamondbacks players are worth your time uh, on, fan, on a fantasy baseball team? So yeah. we're going to tier rank them. We got our tier maker here. Jacob's got us all set up. We got all of our Diamondbacks players. Look at those little soldiers all ready to go out there and fight in our little <laughs> fantasy war. I can't wait for it. Uh, but, yeah, we have all the Diamondbacks players, at least the guys we know people are going to be interested in fantasy-wise. Sure. So we decided that we would take a look at where we think they land 
on our tier maker uh, scale here, going from S to D. Jesse, we get we got Zach Gallon up there at the top. Sure. Obviously, we're just going to start off with an S tier, right? You're going S. I my, my first you, thought. My first thought. The, did you hear the questioning in his? I cannot wait did, did, to hear the words that come out of your mouth Derek, right now, Derek. Please. Uh, where did Zach Gallon finish in Cy Young voting? Uh, please, Jacob. I want to hear what he has to say. Jesse, go ahead. Say the yeah, but that you were about to say. I I just. Uh, my first thought was I would put Zach Gallon in the A tier oh, because he is he is certainly one of the top starting pitchers available. ESPN, I'm looking at their rankings for points leaks. They have Zach Gallon ranked 23rd, and that okay. is a, that is a reasonably high ranking. Okay. However, I do think that there are some questions about how Zach Gallon will look coming off of throwing you know nearly 250 innings and Fair. starting like 40 games between the regular Fair. season and the playoffs. I've seen some fantasy baseball discourse already about people. Maybe staying away or, you know, maybe taking him a little bit a little bit lower than, than maybe they otherwise would have. Mm-hmm. The Diamondbacks do have a clear S-tier player on their roster, uh, and that's Corbin Carroll. And we might as well just put him up there right now. Yeah, I mean, there's um, no, you're not going to get a debate out of me on that yeah, one either. I think Corbin Carroll is clearly S. Zach Gallon for me, I would maybe put it A for the reasons I described. But if you want to keep him at S, I won't. I won't gripe too much. That's that's a hard one for me because I think it here what we're talking about, if you're talking about fantasy players, is obviously production. And we know that Zach Gallon was very durable, has been very durable. He's one of those pitchers that you almost, you know, know at least prior to last year, you always knew what you were going to get out of him. And I don't say like last year was a bad year for Zach Gallon. I just say like yeah. from a fantasy perspective, you didn't know at one point if you could count on him or even start him for sure for an away game, right? Like, and that's that's yeah, that's fair. Those splits <laughs> were enough to keep you to say maybe I don't want to start Zach Gallon tonight. So maybe Jesse's right. Maybe we bust Zach Gallon down to the A tier to be as realistic as we get. Look, we're not trying to. We're not look. We're not. We're not trying to pat him on the back here. We're not. We're hurting feelings tonight, and we're trying to get people's <laughs> fantasy baseball teams to where they need to be. You know what's even crazier? What? That I could almost put Maryland S tier. Oh yeah, like he's right there too. For like a consistency sake. Yeah, I mean Merrill Kelly has been incredibly consistent. At times, he was a better pitcher for this team than Zach Allen even was. It's yeah. just. Uh, I mean, there. I don't want to say he has injury concerns, but the injuries that keep him at times or take him out of games or things that are like it's weird it's not like an injury it's it's cramping and he's going to continue most likely to have cramping issues if he's had them already right and like the blood clots thing or something that could come back and eh, there's there there is some concern there i feel like in order for it to be an s-tier player it's a superstar that you feel fairly confident is going to be playing every time that their number is called right and i mean corbin carroll is obviously going to have his off days but you're just if corbin carroll is playing you're starting him there's no doubt in my mind yeah yeah i mean i i saw a list the other day that corbin carroll ranked i think is the third best fantasy player in all of baseball i think it was ronald acuna Forgetting who the other guy was, well, might they might have had Garrett Cole ahead of him or something. But sure. yeah, like Corbin Carroll's fantasy potential is insane because I mean, twenty five homers, fifty four stolen bases last year. Yeah, that's crazy. You, you know, batting average uh, matters in in certain leagues for doing like a categories kind of a thing. Uh, batting average, you can you can count on home runs, RBI. Certainly, runs scored is a big thing for Corbin Carroll. So there's really nothing that uh, that Corbin Carroll can't give you. He is one of the best fantasy players that you could possibly have. Are you guys? categories guys or points guys i generally do points but i will acknowledge that which which one you are will definitely have an impact on how you would rank these guys for For sure sure. for sure uh merrill though i I think i'm putting him in a you're putting him in a all right i'm okay with that now eduardo that's the one that i don't know i mean we've seen eduardo already be incredible this spring and we've also seen him struggle inexplicably and yeah that that first that first cactus league outing didn't exactly inspire confidence but it it also didn't really matter so but (laughs) if you are a person that is drafting fantasy guys where are you taking what round are you taking eduardo rodriguez in how long are you letting him sit available and when would you feel is an appropriate time to snatch him up i feel like that dictates this tier ranking quite a bit 
Yeah, so I'm looking at ESPN's list. They have Eduardo Rodriguez ranked as the 164th best My fantasy player, <laughs> which is not high. There are there are many Diamondbacks players ahead of Eduardo Rodriguez on this list. I think a lot of it has to do with his his underlying stats from last year in Detroit were not particularly strong. Sure. I think there are, as we've discussed, a 3-3-0 ERA I think is bullish moving forward. And there's also durability concerns there where, you know, he's around 150 innings last year. The year before, I know he stepped away from from the team for a while that was a big factor he's around 100 innings the year before um so yeah i think knowing you the innings you can't necessarily count on too much and you might be looking at more like a four era than a low three era um so yeah i mean i think based on this espn ranking like i think c is maybe like where they would probably put him uh but i'll I'll let you decide Derek. you want to you want to you want to put him in in the b category i won't i won't complain i I think c is fair because of the unknown factor we don't know what he is going to be for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I feel like he could be a sneaky a sneaky acquisition for somebody potentially in a fantasy baseball league because you probably he probably is going to drop down pretty low. You probably are going to get him in a later round, but he could essentially give you the same value as a guy in the first like five rounds potentially. I mean, I know that's probably bullish to say that like you would you would say, but uh, I think that there's the the unknown factor of, of him being on a competitive team that he feels differently about working with Brent Strom. What we've already seen out of him has been pretty good. So I mean, I, I feel like we just we don't know enough yet that I wouldn't be confident, you know, uh, taking him any higher than like a C ranking. Yeah. While Brandon fought, that's another guy that I mean, we definitely have not seen a big enough sample size out of to feel confident about him being anywhere close to like an a pitcher i might put brandon fought right there at c as well yeah i think that's probably reasonable and again like we're when you know if we put eduardo rodriguez at c we're not saying eduardo rodriguez like a bad player or whatever like fantasy baseball generally i mean you know if you have like a 10 team league with a 25 man roster like you're generally dealing with like the best 250 players or something like that um so you're really looking at kind of the top half of the league here so just just to make that clear brandon fought on espn's list is is number 300 they have a top 300 list and brandon fought is literally the very last one that Mm. uh, uh that made their list um so yeah i think i think that it's a little bit intriguing because if you're in a if you're in a bigger league where you would care to have uh someone like brandon fought there's certainly some potential there to get a whole lot more uh, than you know the draft position that you're that you're taking him at. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think C is I think C is reasonable. Maybe maybe right there with uh, with Eduardo Rodriguez, and um, you know it's not going to cost you much to to draft him, and and you might you know if it, if Brandon Fott comes out and has a three eight ERA for 180 innings or whatever, then uh, that would be a pretty pretty darn good selection. Did you put him ahead or behind? Like. Do you think he's here? Behind him. For yeah, sure. I'd, I'd put... Oh, we're like doing order. In this is the way ASU's been doing it. I don't mind it oh because it, there's some depth to it. The level yeah, of no, specificity. I'm, I'm, I'm putting Erod above Brandon Fott because of the track record. I feel like Erod's proven. Brandon Fott had a really, really incredible two, three-month run, but we, I feel like we need to see more out of him before we're declaring him to be a guy that, the, that, that a fantasy baseball player would want to you know, draft early enough and, and have on their team. And like Jesse was saying, like, that's why we don't have the entire roster here. We just kind of handpicked the guys we thought would be considered by value, by, by fantasy players. Yeah, and, and we yeah. threw them up here. We, we don't have any bullpen guys really up here except Paul Seawald and Kevin Ginkle. Now, Jesse, where do you rank? How, how valuable are saves? Because I'm ready to say something crazy. And that is that I feel like there is a chance that Paul Seawald could lead the National League in saves mm-hmm. in 2024. I don't think that's an outrageous. Like, I, I I could see a world where that happens. The Diamondbacks are not really the type of team you'd expect to be blowing teams out necessarily. Correct. Um, they, they figure to play a lot of close games. They certainly did down the stretch and in the playoffs. And Paul Seawald was very good in those situations. How valuable is that 
uh, in fantasy baseball. This yeah. is a safe stat. Again, it's going to depend on the league. Um, but in in points leagues, like a Paul Seawald in the leagues that I played in would totally be someone I'd want on my team. Uh, ESPN, for their points league ranking, they have him at 118th. Um, so they have him as being more valuable than Eduardo Rodriguez. So I think a B ranking for Paul Seawald probably makes sense. He's he's not like that that elite tier of closers. Uh, you know, he's not a Josh Hader. He's not one of those guys who's going to strike out like 14 guys per nine innings yeah. or whatever. But he's he's valuable for sure. And you also have the fact that a lot of people in your league might forget about him. Like Paul Seawald, just kind of one of those guys that he's like he's well respected around the league but he's kind of not really a, like a household name yeah. even though he's a very very good closer and deserves to essentially be a household name so yeah let's storm up there at b i think that's very fair uh and let's talk about kevin ginkle and why kevin ginkle's value wouldn't be very high because he's a reliever yeah and this is this is where uh this is where fantasy baseball is just going to be valuing players very differently than we would in real life kevin ginkle is is arguably the most valuable he's an pitcher man he's the, a the diamondbacks he's have. a five-star man uh, yeah ab- absolutely um but uh but yeah from a fantasy perspective he's someone who probably wouldn't be um highly sought after exactly they have a top 75 list of just relievers and he's 64th on their relievers list that's good to see him there Um, but he also has the the like relievers they they don't get a lot of points in fantasy so typically you're not going to have any reliever that doesn't have the potential of being a closer or currently is a closer now that's probably where ginkle's value could be is if in 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 some way you you know maybe like if he gets saves, that's he, when he becomes If he gets valuable. saves. If, yeah. if for some reason Paul Seawald uh, gets injured or is not available as their closer anymore, Paul Seawald could be tremendously valued. But, or I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Eagle could be tremendously valued. But right now, where where he's at, he would probably be uh, a deer, D-tier, deer-tier, D-tier on this list. Yeah, because, I think that's fair. And, and so would any reliever. Like there's no reliever really that's going to really move the needle here outside of Paul Seawald. Yeah, it almost doesn't matter in in most fantasy baseball formats. It almost doesn't matter how good of a reliever you are if you're not getting saves. You're just like not really worth taking with with how the how the system works. But yeah, if if you an could get holds, but holds still wouldn't be worth yeah, that hold, many points. Yeah, in a very niche league, like there are some leagues out there that probably do count holds. And yeah, Kevin Ginkle could be valuable in that scenario. Uh, but yeah, for most leagues, he's he's someone you'd, you'd keep an eye on if you know Seawald were to were to get hurt or yeah. struggle or whatnot. He's certainly someone you keep an eye on, but not someone you're probably looking to draft on day one. Gabby, this is gonna where I'm gonna I'm you're gonna all, put him in S tier. I'm right already now. angry. I'm already <laughs> angry about wherever we put him because wherever we put him isn't high enough. No, I mean obviously Gabby has a lot still to work on. Gabby is not Corbin Carroll. Gabby is not a guy that is going to be you know, an elite level fantasy player. But I mean, as far as filling your catching position, I don't feel like there's a lot of better catchers out there than Gabby Moreno. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely putting him in the top 10 as far as catchers go. And I think his production offensively could increase in 2024. I, I still think we're going to see more power out of him this year. And I mean, that's only because, I watched this man fell off a ball and then hit the very next one for a home run. And I can't <laughs> I can't be told, I will not be told that this man will not have an amazing year with power numbers in 2024. So I'm looking at catchers on this ESPN top 300 list. They have Rushman as the most valuable catcher. Mm-hmm. Then they have Will Smith. He's mm-hmm. ranked 48th overall. Uh, and then they have William Contreras at 72nd. Contreras. Contreras, yes, and then, thank you. And Wilson Contreras. Uh, they have Kiebert Ruiz uh, as the fourth best catcher, 93 overall. That That's, that's a little interesting insane. to me. Insane. Uh, JT Romuto is fifth. He's 109th overall. And then it is Gabby Moreno. So he's he's sixth, sixth most valuable catcher. He's at 122nd overall. Really right right around Paul Seawald. Um I think I think B is kind of what makes the most sense to me here. God damn it. Yeah, I know you were going to say B. All right, put him there in There is B. potential for B. like a really good value play where yeah. I don't think Moreno like Moreno probably will get drafted outside the top 100 in pretty much all formats, but there is a world in which Gabby Moreno comes out and hits you know, 20 homers or something. Yeah. If he really carries on what he did in the second half last year. And then you're looking at, you know, maybe him being right up there with Adley Rutschman is the most valuable catcher. Like I could, I could at least envision a scenario like that. Um, but yeah, he's not, he hasn't quite arrived to that point yet. So I, I think B is probably fair for right now. Could tell Marte. Can we just put him in a, 
I think we can put him in A. Let's just put him in A. Yeah. I don't think we need to discuss any more than that. The man has been incredible. Set a major league record in the postseason. And I, I almost feel like at times that it's like, you know, it's the competitive nature of the rest of the team. Like, Cattell's output kind of matches what the team is doing at times. And, like, it's not to say he hasn't had some incredible seasons when the team wasn't doing very well. But, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, Cattell now at this point in his career, I just felt like, you saw him turn it up to another level when the Diamondbacks got to the postseason. And I, again, kind of like with, with Brandon Fott, I mean, Cattell's a longer track record. I do feel like, yeah, totally. like, like what we saw wasn't just like, you know, kind of a, a fluke period of time. Like we, we've seen Cattell hit 320. We've seen Cattell yeah. be an incredible baseball player. So I, I think that what we saw in the postseason was just him really turning it on. And I think that with, the way this team is constructed in 2024, we could see that all season long. Yeah, they have Cattell as the 45th most valuable player in all of baseball, which is pretty high. I think I think A is totally fair here. They have him higher than Merrill Kelly, I think, by a pretty decent margin. Um, and he's hitting the cover off the ball right now out in spring training. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's thing. hitting 600 in spring training, and it like feels sustainable, which yeah. I know that's an, that's an outrageous thing to say. But it's like, yeah, no, he probably will hit 600 for all his spring training. Uh, he, he looks locked in right now for sure. Uh, we'll have to see how it, how it translates to the regular season, of course. But the track record is there. When he's healthy, he's really freaking good. And especially at second base, like there aren't that many second basemen that hit the way that Cattell Marte does. He's he's a valuable guy to target for sure. These next four guys baffle me because I have no idea fantasy wise where I want to put them or how sure. much trust I want to put in them. Right. You have a Eugenio Suarez who played one hundred and sixty two regular baseball season games last year. And that doesn't make any sense to me that any player would play all one hundred and sixty two baseball games <laughs> for their team in a season. Uh, and. The projections don't look good. Like the the forecast for him, the you know zips and and things do not love Suarez in in 2024. And I I'm sure that the factors there are, are his age and just in general kind of a decline and such. But I don't know. I think that for the most part, when you talk about a guy that is going to play a lot as long as he can stay healthy, Suarez is going to play probably 140 games over there at third base and yeah. he is going to hit probably close to 30 home runs so i feel like there's a lot of value there potentially for him he's going to strike out a lot i mean we've even seen that already in spring training but i do feel like there's there's value there and i just don't know what yeah. to trust do i trust like a gut feeling that he's going to continue the way that he's played for the last five years or i mean are these forecasts right that he's going to kind of kind of take a downturn in 2024 yeah, I mean, this is where I think the format of the league matters a lot. Like, if you're in a league where strikeouts count against you, mm. you probably don't want Eugenio Suarez on Good your point. team. Yeah. But if you're in a league that's, like, categories-based, then Eugenio Suarez, you know, I mean, last year he was up over 20 homers. He had nearly 100 RBI. Uh, you know, the batting average isn't going to be great, but there's still value in having a guy who can give you you know, 25 homers and 100 RBI or something like that over the course of a season. So uh, it definitely depends on the league. Um, I would maybe put him in the, in the C range. Yeah, uh, I, I think he has, could go as high as B or he could be what fan graphs think he's going to be in more of like a D tier player. Yeah. Right? Like, but, but he's, a, he's the kind of player where even if he has like a fairly bad season by his standards, he still could have at least a little bit of, of fantasy value in a categories league, because yeah. as we saw last year, he still hit over 20 homers and, and had almost a hundred RBI. Yeah. That's a great point. All right. So we have, uh, who do we have there left? We have Christian Walker, uh, Lourdes and Jock Peterson. Uh, mm -hmm. who, who would you like to start with here? Uh, I think Walker's probably B for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Defensively, one of the best first basemen in baseball. Period. And that's not going to be factored in a fantasy environment, it's unfortunately. Not. It's not. But he's yeah. still a player that is that is very much worth So that. outs above average or defensive run saved or anything like that, none of that stuff happens. I mean, in. maybe like if there is a league out there like that, I want to be part of it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. it's, the same one. Every possible category. it's the same one with holds. I mean, like I haven't seen <laughs> like ESPN is usually what I use. And I, I haven't seen them like. I don't think they even have DRS or OA or any of that stuff thrown in there. But yeah, ESPN has, has Walker 73rd on its uh, on its ranking list, which is which is pretty good. Like you could maybe make a he's, case for having him in the A tier. Really. He's a he's a 30 home run, 100 RBI guy yeah. on this team, and he he 
he's going to have to be in order for this team to be good. But, I mean, with those guys hitting in front of him and all of those opportunities for him to drive in runs, I think he's going to be an offensive threat all season long as long as his hand is fine. Right, which it looks like it will be. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you for – I'm still, I still don't feel great about this. All right, we got Jock and we got Lourdes. Let's, let's, let's be mean. I'm sure we're going to be mean to one of these guys. Uh, Jock, I have no idea. Again, Jock, like Jock and Lourdes are both kind of like mysteries to me. I know what we got out of Lourdes last year. Can he repeat that? If he can repeat that, then is he a C-level player as far as fantasy Yeah, goes? I mean, like if you had Lourdes in, in like the first two months last year and then you dropped him, like, that, oh, like that's genius. awesome. Like, you, like yeah. it's basically like you had Bryce Harper for so two just, months or just something. just do it when uh, I have purple hair, basically. Yeah, exactly, yeah, like exactly. Base your fantasy decisions off of Derek's hair for sure. Uh, I would probably put Lourdes in the in the C range. Um, you could make a case for him in the B range. I, I think uh, it's probably between, probably between those two. He's at 151st on the player rater over at ESPN. I think Jock probably uh, would be in the D category for me just because he's a platoon player and it's kind of hard to roster platoon players in Get fantasy baseball because there, because they're just not playing every day. It would depend on the format. There are some leagues where you where you would uh, you know maybe want Jock on your team, yeah. but kind of the most standard league, eh, not not a great fit. Lourdes's career numbers tells me he's a B. Say, say his this career again? numbers tell me he's a B. Yeah, because the career number says he's close to a 300 hitter, and like that's there's a consistency factor there. I think that I think that I I might buy that argument because he's someone Holy who he was shit. he was he was under he was very much under his career average <laughs> last year. Did you just argue Jesse Friedman into giving? You just got him to bump up his grading curve. You know what? You're right. I'm not. No, <laughs> don't put him, budge. Put him in C. <laughs> don't you dare budge. Uh, There's something to be said in fantasy baseball for just kind of knowing what you're getting out of a guy, yeah. even if it's not like no, that great necessarily. But, no, but that's it, right? Like it's not the support. Like when you're when your fantasy player goes out there and scores you the exact number of points that they projected he was going to score, yeah. it's a win, right? That's why you put him in the lineup. Your hope is he scores more, but that's a that's a win. I feel Lourdes is one of those guys that would consistently deliver on the projected fantasy points. Um, and that's... That that's hard to find sometimes because sometimes yeah. that's that's what screws you is the is the unknown. So put him, in, put him in B. Put him in B. He's going in D. You did it, Jacob. Yes. All right, Jock can go in D. Jock can go in D. Well, and I think playing time is is the consistency thing there for him. Like it's not to say Jock might not be valuable at times for you, but you're just not going to be able to play him. Yeah. All the time. He's the kind of guy that gives me nightmares in fantasy baseball because he's the kind of guy that I have to look out for and actually change my lineup. Otherwise, I can just set my lineup yeah, for like yeah. a week and be good and like <laughs> everything's cool. Yeah, if it's a week that locks like on a weekly basis, you probably don't want Jock Peterson mm-hmm. because as we kind of project things out now, he might start three games and sit two or whatever. Uh, the other factor with him is that he might lose his outfield eligibility if the Diamondbacks don't actually play him in the outfield. Uh, and it's tough to roster guys who are DH only. They can only fit in that utility spot usually. That's right. Um, that's so right. that's that's another another limit. They need factor to change that him. about fantasy baseball now. We they're all DH is the rule. DH is the thing. There should be a DH period. Forget that. Or or teams could role. just give some consideration to all the fantasy baseball. players players in the universe and just like play players like out of position every now and then there you go. just so that they become so that those yeah. players become Good eligible utility. yeah just do us all yeah. a favor do us right? a solid man do us a solid <laughs> like we need jock peterson at shortstop like not for the whole season <laughs> just, just like two a handful games. of games yeah two games know? two games enough for him to be considered a utility infielder <laughs> as a disclaimer it did not include jerry p because i couldn't listen to jesse tell me that he's a d-level player yeah. Alec yeah. Thomas too. Perdomo, Perdomo and Thomas are just guys that you know we we can talk up all we want about how they could have great seasons and Perdomo was an all star and all that, but you know uh, people are just not going to be selecting those well, guys in in at least the majority of formats. My thing about this is like to to rank the pitchers up there, to rank Cattell and to rank Corbin up there. That all makes sense, but this team, their identity is not that there are great fantasy players on this team it's that this team as a whole is a great team and that yeah you don't know sometimes which guy is going to be the hero on any given night and they're all capable of doing it but when it comes to fantasy it's about those guys that you know are going to play close to 150 plus games and they're going to be able to deliver you know two hits and some rbi almost every single night outside of of Cattell, outside of corbin the diamondbacks just aren't that 
right? Like, and I, I mean, it would be great if they were, but it, I don't feel like that means they're not going to be a successful team. I just feel like their success is based around that that team effort and and the fact that they have so many different guys that can do it at, yeah. at any point, you know? Yeah, yeah. I had someone the other day who was, uh, well, we talked the other day on this show when you were out, when Patrick was here, about what it would take for the Diamondbacks to win 100 games. And uh, people were getting angry because I, I didn't I didn't I factor. Know, why is that a topic? Well, they did. They weren't happy because I didn't factor in that the Diamondbacks are a connected and dangerous team in my analysis. And mm. someone was not. It was someone well, was not happy about that. Let me too. let me ask you this: <laughs> Did you uh, did did you factor in the variable of team friendship? Yeah, I, yeah, the, the variable of friendship. Uh, yeah, I left, I left that out of my. The power of friendship. We were, it's powerful. We we're playing around with, with exponential times wins three. above replacement yeah. numbers, which have no feelings and are completely out of touch with reality. So yeah, those. <laughs> robot numbers uh well if you want to get more uh, get in on more of this fun of picking players and getting in on the fantasy aspect of things you can with our friends of prize picks prize picks is really simple to play you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds all you have to do is go to prizepicks.com phnx and use code phnx for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. that's prizepicks.com phnx and use code phnx Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All you have to do, they'll give you a number of stats. You pick whether these players are going to get more than or less than. And and again, it's 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 like this. What what is what is my guy going to do on any given night? Sometimes hard to predict. But when you go in there, you know your you know your Corbin Carrolls, you know your Zach Gallons of the world, you know your Cattell Martes. Makes it easier on you. So make sure to check out uh, Prize Picks right now. Uh, you can also. Uh, get get yourself a way to save your money and secure your financial future with our friends from De- Desert Financial Credit Union. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted credit union, and they have your financial interests in mind, uh, which is something that not every financial institution has. You can look to Desert Financial for checking and savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and so much more. Join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and to their members. When you open a free checking account right now online, you can get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Jesse has a wonderful piece over on gophnx.com. For all of you diehards out there, it is a diehard exclusive. If you have not got your diehard membership yet, now would be a great time to do so. That way you don't miss out on this wonderful content. You also get that free t-shirt from the phnxlocker.com. So much more, including access to our Discord lounge, uh, discounts with our partners, discounts on our events. So go out, get yourself a diehard membership, become part of our family. And that way you can make sure to get all of Jesse's articles, including this one that we helped him out on. We did the writing yeah, this on this isn't one really my article. Yeah, it's he comes like around doing all the... 30% we're doing the heavy lifting, and he gets to put his name on it. But uh, <laughs> we did discuss as a family here at PHNX what improvements we would like to see at Chase Field, uh, as well as some other things, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I asked five different questions in this story surrounding Chase Field. And uh, yeah, most of them, most of them about like what kind of renovations, what kind of changes would you like to see? What kind of development around the ballpark? Those kinds of things. Uh, and it was yeah, it was really interesting uh, seeing what all of you guys had to say. I got I got you on it. I wrangled Espo, Max, Bo Brock from Avengers Cardinals. Avengers Assemble. Uh, he he has some of his own opinions in here. So. Uh, yeah, it was fun to just kind of put our brains together, and I made sure when I when I did this, I shared I shared documents with each of you separately. I didn't want your answers yeah. uh, influencing anyone else's answers, yeah, so I, we all thought for ourselves here too. But uh, like one of the first questions you asked, we'll give you a little sample of this, but we're interested to hear what you guys have to say. So make sure you drop in in the chat your your responses. And what are your thoughts on things you would like to see different in Chase Field? Like what bothers you? What what improvements if the Diamondbacks do get this blank check, essentially, from Maricopa County and then they throw their own money in on it and can essentially make whatever improvements they, they find to be necessary? What would you add in groundhog Groundhog mama has the correct answer and that is panda express number one panda express (laughs) slash dutch bros where i could stand in line and get both of those things at the same time let's go uh but we did talk about like uh what do you want to cover like our feelings on on chase field what improvement what what did you want to talk about that sure uh let's let's go to let's go to what improvements renovations or new features would you would you like to see 
Um, your answer, you mentioned that you like the LED lights and the new sound system. Yeah, you're sounds apparently, great. I'm reading here that you're really big on those things. Yes. Um, and you also pointed out that you want more standing areas and bars similar to what we have at the Footprint Center. I really of like course. this where I read what you have to yeah. say rather than you just saying And I'm saying just sitting it. here listening yeah. like, <laughs> listening. Is, what did I say? Great. What yeah. did I write? Um, <laughs> yes, I think that definitely. I mean, that just completely changed the Footprint Center. And I mean, it, it makes it so that you know, like when, when you're at a, a sporting event, you're usually there with your friends, right? And you don't always get a chance to sit together. The one beautiful part about all of those areas is, and I just, I see it not just with my friends, but with lots of people. Like it's an, an area to congregate. It's an area for you to get together, have a drink, talk for a little while. Baseball games are long. There's plenty of time for you to go and socialize with people. And I, I think that Steve Kerr be damned. I don't care what he has to say about Footprint Center being a club. I would love a little bit more of a nightclub atmosphere at Chase Field. I would love it to have a little bit more life to it. it even if that involves people enjoying themselves and not necessarily watching the game, but just having a place for them to go and, and hang out and, you know, like not just stand in line at a concession stand to get a drink. A place yeah. where you actually feel like you're at a bar hanging out and, and chatting. I also want the out-of-town scoreboards back, and I think that there's a really classy way they could do that where they put up, like, LED screens, make them look like the old scoreboards, but then have the versatility to, like, have them change when a home run yeah. gets hit and stuff like sure, that. Like, sure. there's things about that. I know a lot of people brought up the clock, right? They want yeah, the clock yeah, back. Yeah, there, there were a couple of Give us a big digital-face yeah. clock, but have it be, like, this stupid watch on my wrist where it could change and do shit and, like, whatever, right? But have, it, have a clock face on it, too, because... That's it part of to, our it short. It has to be a digital clock, not analog, because I can't read the analog. Kind. No, Jesse. No, this, no. So. That's not the way this works. We're not doing. <laughs> it's, a, it's an analog clock face. Uh, what else? What did the other guys have to say? I need more natural light. I agree with Jesse. Oh, yeah, that was you just need because you need to feel like you're at a baseball game, and it is so hard to do that here because when it's, it's during when the it's worst dark. months. I think the problem yeah. is just dark. I think the problem is is that if you do more natural light on the side where the sun is typically facing the building during that time of day, during five o'clock, like the setting, it's a, it's a nightmare when it comes yeah. in and it hits us in the press box through those windows up there. Yeah, like blinding. you don't want bigger windows coming. You don't want more sun coming in from that way. As much as you want more light, you don't want it coming in from that way. So as long as maybe it's a different direction, you know, like, because again, they could put it on the East side of the building. And I think that that would allow more light in without having to worry about that sun setting and, and blasting, people yeah. in the face but there there are probably some things that we want that they've thought out and there's a reason why they don't do it you know obviously air conditioning is a big reason why we don't just have a giant open air park you know what i mean like that's yeah uh, i don't know what one, did, one other nugget i i will i will give away for free here there's a lot a lot of stuff that was said about what kind of changes people would like to see and whatnot but one of the questions that i asked was how do you feel about the Diamondbacks not removing seats from the building. That's something that Derek Hall said a couple of weeks ago when I asked, you know, kind of what what's part of your plan for a reimagined Chase Field. That's Chase what they're Field. that's what they're calling it. Reimagined. And uh, yeah, Chase Field reimagined. reimagined. And uh, Derek Hall specifically said that removing seats is not part of that plan. I asked all of you guys how you felt about that, and in unison, all of us felt that that is a mistake, and the Diamondbacks do need to remove seats from this building. Uh, I looked up some of the numbers. And I mean, I, I myself, I, I never actually taken the time to look this up. Uh, the Diamondbacks, according to it's an article over at BetMGM, actually, uh, they are they have the fifth highest capacity. Uh, they their their ballpark Chase Field holds forty eight thousand five hundred and nineteen people or something is, like is that. Yankee Stadium one. I think Yankee Stadium was one. Yeah. I can pull up the list here if you want. Um, but for I mean, the Diamondbacks have not been in the top half of attendance rankings since 2008. My God, Yankee Stadium is not. It is the Oakland no, yeah. Coliseum at number one with 56,000 seats in that gigantic useless building. Yeah, My I mean, God. I think they, I don't think they're like actively servicing that many seats Oh right yeah, now, no, but, they are definitely not. Um, There's no need to. Yeah, I mean, you certainly, you fit a lot of people in that building for sure. But yeah, I just, I just think like it's common sense. The Diamondbacks do not attract as many fans uh, as as would be needed to warrant this size, of and the that's building. and that's something Bo brought up when he discussed that building. That that building is yeah. two different buildings when it is full, right? What, versus when it is empty, when it is a quarter full and closed, and it's the middle of the summer. Like it's not a place people want to be. But when you're talking about like 
April baseball and on opening day and the roof is open and the planes are doing the flyover and there's not an empty seat in the house. That's like the most electric atmosphere to be in in the world, you know? Yeah. And, and I, Derek Hall brought it up, you know, like the seat, the capacity isn't an issue when they are sold out for the Elton John concert right, or Pink of course, or whatever, it's not, right? Of course it's not. But, it's not. But the but reality the is, is that it's not sold out ever, right? I mean, I mean. Unless I, it's a concert or something that's I went not a baseball through, game. I, exactly. I went through last year. The Diamondbacks had above 45,000 once. And predictably, it was their home opener. Talking the regular season, obviously yeah. in the playoffs, playoffs. It certainly sold out games for sure. Um, and they were above forty thousand, I think, five times total. And a lot of those, there's July Fourth. There were, you know, I think Father's Day was in there. You know, the the kind of marquee giveaway items and whatnot. Those will attract more. But if you're not consistently like at least above forty thousand. You know, if that's only happening like a couple of times a year, do you, you know, do you really need 48,000? I just think it it's not worthwhile because you're you're making the you're making the building feel empty in the vast majority of situations. And that that's kind of what I keep coming back to. Uh, let's see. Elise says better AC should be priority number 1. I'm already worried about how hot home games are going to be in July and August. It's a great point. I know that they uh, that and that's that AC issue, that's part of the ongoing stadium negotiation with the county because yeah. again, Maricopa County should be the one that's responsible for something like the AC and the plumbing and the electrical. Yet they, like a bad landlord, want to be like, what? You just come over and bang on it a little bit and it kicks on. It's fine, right? Like they don't actually want to do anything to address some of these problems because until it's actually broken and you literally cannot, you know, plumbing is literally not operational. Electricity is literally not operational. doesn't seem like they want to do anything about some of these uh issues and air conditioning Derek Hall did bring up that they were going to add basically like a whole other unit because they do share an air conditioning facility with other (laughs) buildings which that's a whole other problem that we could get into but yeah I mean there's a lot of stuff like that I I think that you know again the the building is not unsalvageable and I think that it's a beautiful place to be it's a beautiful location and there's lots of stuff they can do they're just limited it's just limited and I mean again I know they don't want to reduce the number of seats but like Elise said it doesn't feel like congregating areas are very possible without yeah. reducing seats or maybe losing out on some like eateries right like you're going to move, sure. lose some concession stands something of that sort something has to give in order for there to be other areas now I don't feel like what the footprint center did really devalue that building. I don't think it made it like you, yeah, you lost some seats, but you make up for it in experiences that people that want to pay premium for suites and such yeah. will make up for. And that's something the diamondbacks also want to do more is just some sort of suite options that are different. Maybe some field level suites, something like that of the sort, like there's just a lot that they want to do. And it all depends on how much their budget finally ends up being i I still think these are all just negotiation tactics to try to get as much money as possible to do as much as they can but i don't think diamondbacks are going anywhere chase field reimagined is gonna happen (laughs) it's gonna happen uh just might not happen until you know 2042 but well Well, like derek said right like they've been already doing improvements on that building for seven straight years so it's like it's not like they're not trying to do things and again it's kind of like the roof right the roof probably should be something that the county takes care of right that's not a cosmetic issue i mean at at this point the whole memorandum between them and the county from a few years ago kind of changed how things work a little bit so we don't have to get down the weeds there too much but i'm just saying yeah i don't know if you can put that fully on that fully no i'm not but like that's one of those things that again it's broken but they've learned how to live with it like Derek hall said we have a good grasp on the roof but that is something again that people like that building will never be back to 100 percent until that roof can be opened in the middle of a game and we can hear that wonderful roof opening music play i still think corbin carroll should adopt it at his walk-up song that's a whole (laughs) other thing uh well of course uh you can make some improvements around your home and you don't have to wait for maricopa county to approve it uh, just go to our friends at empire today they'll get you set up with all the flooring needs that you have whether it's carpet whether it's hardwood floors they'll take care of you they also keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection and an easy shop from home uh, philosophy where they will let you pick out everything that you're looking for in your uh, flooring uh, simply from the comfort of your home their virtual floor designer is a great way to see how those new floors will look in any space and of course they also service their own warranties so should any issues arise you don't have to track down any kind of third party or anybody else 
Empire Today will take care of it for you. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. Last but not least, great adventures are to be had right here in the great state of Arizona. Whether you are already checking out spring training, and especially if you are here just as a, as a visitor, let our friends oh, yeah. at Arizona Lottery take you on an adventure because you can check in at geolocated adventure spots at 10 destinations across the state right now with their brand new Arizona adventure promotion. And when you do, you can win potentially by checking in on their website. Uh, you can win up to $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Visit azadventure.com for details and directions, uh, and then go out there and find these wonderful locations all around the Valley. This promotion celebrates state pride and the uniqueness and beauty of Arizona, uh, and the proceeds from ticket sales supports environmental conservation, among other important initiatives across the state. So again, visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure with the Arizona Lottery and for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Well, we will be back here tomorrow at our normal time, you guys. So if you are not here tonight. What, what does that mean? What does normal point? even mean anymore? <laughs> we don't know. This is our new normal of being here late. Uh, but we'll be back at 1 p.m. tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, any updates we might have. We also want to talk about maybe a little MLB realignment uh, and what that might look like should the Major League Baseball expand to 32 teams. In the meantime, you can make sure to keep it locked uh, to us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore K man with a K. This maniac next to me is at Jesse and Friedman. Of course, father overlord Jacob. He is at Jacob underscore Franklin four because he is the fourth best Jacob Franklin in known existence. We got to, we got to kill those other three. You know, we got to get him up there to yeah. number one. Yeah, That's we'll, the only we'll way we got to take him out. I've been fourth for the last two and a half years, man. That's what wild. do I got to do? What do I got to do? I mean, need- Jacob moving up the list on his own is not. That, that's out of the question. Yeah, we have so to take this into we, our own We have hands. to kill off the three of them. That's obvious. What do they do? Highlander rules. There can be only one. Uh, I don't know, but they probably do maybe better thumbnail cards than you. I don't know how that's possible. Your thumbnails <laughs> that's are tough great. tough to do. Yeah, that is tough to do. But, uh, of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs, but all roads do lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We appreciate your time. We thank you guys so much for stopping by. Uh, we will see you tomorrow at 1, and in the meantime, have have yourself a wonderful evening. We appreciate you. Remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you don't play fantasy baseball.